This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. You can also find TH Seeds, Aficionado Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 694 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about breeding with feminized seeds. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend Tartan Mike. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Easy057. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Pro Brewer Home Grower. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to my buddy Uncle Gigi. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Noah N and Godfather Kush. Let's send a thank you shout out to ADHD Grower and Stone Trout Bum. Let's send a big fist bump to The Larf Night Rises. I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Graybeard. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to A Friend With Weed. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. This episode will come out right after Thanksgiving, Indigenous Peoples Day, Black Friday. It will actually come out on Cyber Monday. I hope everybody had a great holiday. I hope you had a good feast. I hope you had a good walk with your cousin. I also want to tell everybody, big thanks for all of the support on the Black Friday sales. That's right. We put out a couple of new strains. And if you were looking for those new strains on Black Friday and you had a problem finding them, that is because they sold out almost instantly. That's right. They dropped it 420 on most of the vendors. By 4.30, most of them were sold out. So a lot of people were sending me messages asking where and how to get those new drops. I do apologize. They went quite quickly. They are being restocked. By the time this episode comes out, most of the vendors should be replenished with the new drops of Saka Souffle and the machine. So check the website, check the vendor links. You should be able to find those new packs in stock somewhere. So if you were looking for the machine and Saka Souffle on Black Friday and you were unable to get those, I do apologize. However, they should be back in stock now. So once again, check that vendor list, check the websites. You should be able to find Saka Souffle and the machine. All right, I do have one more thing to cover before we get to the main topic of this podcast. The show is approaching 10,000 YouTube subscribers. 
my goal for this podcast for the end of the year is to reach 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Also, all I want for Christmas is 10,000 YouTube subscribers. If you are listening on an audio platform, I do invite you to come subscribe to the YouTube channel. Come check out the cool 4K video editing I'm doing. I've got two cameras going. They're both 4K. I think it looks pretty good. See my cool background, my lighting. Check out my fancy table setup here. Anyway, I do invite you to come subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're watching and you haven't subscribed already, now is the time. Please click that little red subscribe button. Click on the notification bell. That way, every time I put out a new episode, you'll get a notification and you will never miss an episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. All right, let's jump into the main topic of this episode. This question came from the Irie Genetics website. If you've got a grow question, you can visit the Irie Genetics website. There is a grow help tab. Simply click on that tab. It will ask you a few preliminary questions. If you are asking a plant-specific question or a problem-specific question, those uh, preliminary questions will help me kind of diagnose your problem. Give me some details. Let me know what's going on in the grow. Then at the bottom, it does give you the opportunity to type out in detail what's going on and ask your question. This was not a plant-specific question. This is a breeding question that came from our friend Laser King, and it goes a lot like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, when you have feminized seeds and you make feminized F2 Will you have the same genetic diversity as in regular F2 seeds? That is a very good question. There are a couple of things to unpack to get to the answer to that one. So our friend is asking about feminized seeds. If you don't understand fem seeds, I've done several episodes on feminized seeds. Um, there's a full podcast about it. If you type in Grow From Your Heart podcast, feminized seeds, it will come up. So that is a good basis for feminized seeds, a good base education. Um, so our friend has apparently has feminized seeds or is thinking about breeding with fem seeds. And they've got, so when you make a batch of seeds, that first batch, uh, we're going to call it, uh, for the sake of this question here, we're going to call it an F1. When you take two strains that are uh, non-similar parents and you cross them, you have now made an F1. Uh, you probably made a polyhybrid, but that's just details to talk about in the future. We're going to say for this question, you've made an F1. So You've taken a plant and reversed it and used that pollen to put onto a different plant. And now we have made an F1 that is feminized. That may also be called an S1. Uh, it could also be called an R1. We're going to talk about that. It kind of, those labels and people are going to, uh, those are kind of made up labels by the cannabis industry. We are kind of bastardizing all of these labels for the cannabis industry. I think S and R were kind of made up by the industry to indicate. So let's talk about what an S and an R are because that will help us out. Uh, when we are reversing plants, when I'm making feminized seeds, we are reversing a plant. I'm taking a female plant and treating it with a solution to cause that plant to create pollen, which will all be female pollen. Then we put that pollen on a, another female plant. Now, if I take, let's just say golden goat. Golden goat is a really good place to start. If I take a golden goat female plant and reverse it and make pollen out of that golden goat, I can either put that pollen on another golden goat female, or I can put that pollen on any other female in my grow. If I put that feminized pollen from golden goat onto golden goat, I have done what is called selfing. That plant has selfed itself. This may be crass, but you will never forget it. That plant just fucked itself and made babies. You're never going to forget that. It is a little crass, but it is in your brain forever. It is S, self, selfed itself. That is golden goat 
to Golden Goat, nothing but Golden Goat S1 in that genetics. You're not going to find anything but Golden Goat. You may find some recessive traits from the Golden Goat parents and grandparents, but there's no adulteration. It's just Golden Goat genetics in that line. If I were to take that Golden Goat pollen and put it on any other plant, that is going to be labeled an R plant, a R. R is for reversal. The number that follows that will be your generation. It can be an R1, an R2, but in this case, we're just going to say R1. The first time I make that pollen and put it on a different plant, the seeds that come out of that are now labeled an R1. It's a reversal one. It is an F1, but to be friendly and to give more information, a breeder would like to uh, would be polite if they label that as an S1 or an R1, which would indicate that it is feminized and it would let you know a little bit of how it has been created and worked. That is why we use uh, more specific labels other than F1, S1, R1. So I think I've talked about the difference. If it were a regular seed, it would be an F1. If it was not feminized, it'd be an F1. Since we're working with FEMS, we get S1s and R1s. So let me catch myself back up on my notes. The original question is, are we going to have the same genetic diversity as in regular F2 seeds? That genetic diversity will be dictated by a couple of things. First of all, was the original plant a selfed plant or a reversed plant? And now the second question is, are you putting that pollen on the same plant or a different plant? And the reason I'm asking that is because that is going to unlock different potential. There are more ingredients going into the pie. Think about it this way. If I've got golden goat and I'm only putting golden goat to golden goat, 100% golden goat, I'm going to get probably 75 to 80% of my phenotypes are going to be very golden goat. Some of those other phenotypes, the other 25, 20-ish percent are going to look like the parents that created golden goat and possibly the grandparents that created those plants. That's a little bit unlikely, but it is possible when you're working with genetics. You do see the history when you're making things, but we're not going to see any other genetics other than the ingredients that were in that pie that make golden goat, but it's going to be very golden goat dominant. Now let's talk about if I took a golden goat and pollinated, let's just say lemon skunk and made lemon Jeffrey. Now you've got the opportunity to see the parents of the golden goat and also the parents of the lemon Jeffrey in that cross. We've got two different ingredients, so we've got more options for more flavors. Most of the time, we are going to see a beautiful 50-50 mix of golden goat and lemon skunk, which is a beautiful phenotype of the lemon Jeffrey. But you're going to see leaners toward the golden goat and you're going to see leaners toward the lemon Jeffrey. Now this is going to depend on which plant is more dominant in the genetics, which traits take over. There'll be recessive traits, there'll be dominant traits, there'll be co-dominant traits, which traits in your plants win in that mix. It's like you just put all these ingredients in a bowl and you shook them up, which one's got more flavor, which one's gonna win in that mix, which flavor, and there are so many other things to think about when it comes to breeding. It's not just flavor. The flavor, the aromas, the buzz, and the appearance are all things we can quickly identify, but you've also gotta think about how does it grow? Is it resistance to, is there resistance to pests and pathogens and problems and stress? Those are very important things to think about, but I'm kind of getting off topic here. Um, the main thing we're going to see is the parents. You're going to see the golden goat and the lemon skunk, and then you may, may see a little bit of the golden goat parents. There's Romulan, Island Sweet Skunk, Hawaiian Sativa in there. You may see some of those traits pop up in the lemon skunk, 
Uh, there's some sort of skunk and some sort of lemon. I don't even know exactly what made the lemon skunk, uh, but you're going to see traits of those parents. Honestly, a lot of the things, if I reverse golden goat, I see I can identify the golden goat traits in it, and then I can identify the traits that come from the other plants very well. The lemon Jeffrey, uh, that spacious between the nodes, that spacious growth between the nodes, that directly comes from the lemon skunk, that crazy wicked potency that comes directly from the golden goat. So it kind of depends on the dominance of the traits in which plant you're going to use. Now, let me get myself back on track and focus a little bit because the question is specifically about S2 or F2 uh, with feminized seeds. And will we see the same genetic diversity as in as within an F2? In my experience, no. Uh, when you make F2s of regular seeds, the F2 is when you find the wild diversity, the wild variation. Uh, I think it is called transgressive segregation or recessive segregation. One of those words is accurate. Somebody tell me because I just pulled that out of the sky randomly and there are a lot of words in my brain. One of those is accurate, but it's the, uh, the segregation word. When we find uh, offspring that outperform the original parents, that's when you see stuff like that. So uh, the F2s will show wild variation. You see a lot of uh, you see a lot of things that look like the mom, a lot of things that look like the dad, a lot of things that are 50-50. Then we see a lot of crazy grandparent traits get brought out. So if you're looking from to find some of the older stuff in the line, you can kind of find that in the F2s. That's where it will represent itself or present itself. Um, then you find the F3 and breed those together and wash all that old stuff out and start narrowing it down. That's kind of the process for there. With the feminized seed, you don't really bring out all that old stuff. You are kind of locking it in even tighter. One thing I have noticed when you do make the feminized S2s, sometimes you can make kind of weaker spindly plants that don't perform as well. Sometimes you really lock in super traits and have very uniform plants. That S2 uh, will come out almost like an F4 and F5 with the uniformity if you've done proper selection. Again, a lot of this will be based very much on the plants which you select, the dominance of the genes which you're using. But since you're using feminized seeds and doing that, uh, the S's, the S1s, and only and not doing R's, you've got the good opportunity of locking in the traits that you really want, but it's all about phenotypical selection. Something I have noticed is that different phenotypes of the same strain will react differently when they are feminized. Uh, I had a plant, and we'll just say number nine and number four, were both reversed and self to each other. And number nine was awesome. Number four was trash. All the seeds that came out of there showed me garbage. I did not like what they represented. Number nine was awesome. The plant, my favorite plant that came out of uh, the S1s of number nine, I made S2s of those and that got labeled. Uh, if I start talking numbers, I'll reveal what it is because it's known as number 77. Uh, number 77 had problems being reversed. It was so dominant and so female that I could not reverse it. I had to really spray the shit out of it, start spraying it early to get it to reverse. So the original question is, will I see the same genetic diversity in the F2s? Uh, no, they're going to be, in my opinion, they'll be much more locked down. You're not going to get, uh, I, was, I was rambling about how the F2s uh, and regular seeds bring up that wild genetic diversity. The feminized F2s kind of lock it in really tight. You're not going to see much diversity at all. It's going to be uh, more like an F3 or an F4 of regular seeds, and it's going to be very, very uniform if you have selected the correct phenotype. 
Like I said, number nine was amazing. Number four did not want to be uh, F2'd in any way. Now, I kind of hinted at this a moment ago, but think of braiding a little bit as chefing. Every ingredient you put in is going to add to the mix. Now, think about portions of those ingredients. If I add one portion of one thing, my meal tastes or my mix, my final product tastes like that one thing. If I put in golden goat, it tastes like golden goat. It is only golden goat. If I put in some lemon skunk, now probably I'm going to get 50 50% lemon skunk, 50% golden goat. When we shake it up, you got to think about like there's going to be the edges of the pan or the edges of the cookie sheet or however, that's where your outliers are going to be. Right in the middle is going to be your, your regular shit. Then the outliers are going to be out there. You're going to find some weirdos out there, but most of your flavors are going to be 50-50. Then let's think about if we're breeding feminized plants to itself again, you just added more golden goat to the mix. So you're just doubling up on the golden goat flavor, making it super golden goat. Now that one is going to have that one batch of pie or that one cake is double golden goat. So now whatever you breed to that, it's going to be two golden goats to whatever you breed it to technically just because of the breeding that you've done. You've locked in that golden goat trait so hard. Kind of think about it as if uh, we filled the pan with golden goat, you're only going to take golden goat. But if we fill the pan with 50% golden goat and 50% lemon skunk and blend it together, now right in the middle there is going to be a beautiful blend of 50% lemon skunk, 50-50 lemon skunk and golden goat. Maybe on the outer edges, maybe we didn't blend it too well. You're going to get some that's a little more golden goat, some that's a little more lemon skunk, and the opposite on other parts. That's kind of how breeding works if you want to be real basic about it and compare it to chefing. I know I took off on a good ramble on that one, but the short answer is you will not see as much diversity in the feminized F2 as you would in the regular F2 because you're not unlocking that Pandora's box. In my experience and in my opinion, the phenotypes do come out much more uniform, much more regular, and quite a bit like that original plant that you started with. Uh, sometimes, though, you can create weak and spindly offspring in the feminized F2, but a lot of the times you do make very stable, uniform, uh, viable crosses when doing the feminized F2. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, and pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. This may be a quick episode after some editing. I do want to make sure to get this episode completed. I've been experiencing some camera technical difficulties. I want to get this episode done, get these cameras checked out, see what's going on. I do promise longer, better episodes in the future. I do have two more breeding questions here lined up. We will get to those in the next episode. Um, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Don't forget to support the Patreon campaign at patreon.com. Everything else you need is on the website at iregenetics.com. That is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy, the Canocrat. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.